You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. And welcome to Alex Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal's football, presented by Sport Buff. I'm your host, Tim Capper. Along with Cliffy D, Cliffy D, Cliffy D. Welcome, welcome to the seventh season premiere of the Alex Flight Deck podcast. Lucky number seven. I can't believe it. Yep. I mean, this is this is exciting, folks. I mean, the fact that we've been at this now for a little while and. We're not stopping anytime soon. You know, we we took our little break, our little off season break, and uh, we're ready to start slowly getting back into the, back in the saddle and get back to what we love doing, which is entertaining each and every one of you members of the CFL family, the CFL universe. We want to get you guys hyped for the 2022 CFL season and the Montreal Alouettes. Oh, for sure, for sure. And just want to remind you guys, I mean, you can find Cliff on Twitter or at, uh, at Cliffy D. You can find myself at Repack. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. You can find our main account over at Alouettes FL Deck. You can also find us on Twitter. You can search for Alouettes Flight Deck Pod. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Alouettes Flight Deck. Um, what else? What else have I forgotten here? <laughs> YouTube. Uh, YouTube, are. that's right. And speaking of YouTube, by the way, and yes, we're still running the contest for a free new with tags throwback Delta logo jacket, satin jacket on top of that. It's a sweet, sweet thing. Mm-hmm. But when I look at our numbers, we want to get to 100 and we're going to give this away to anybody. So if you haven't done already, make sure you go ahead and smash the, you know, the like button or the subscribe button. Um, because, you know, so far only 57% of you who listen on YouTube are subscribed. If we had that other 42% of you, we'd be at a hundred already, but that's, that's the goal. So, Hey, head over to YouTube, just do a search for Alouette's flight deck and you'll find us. And you haven't already, as I said, smash that subscribe button. So, and, and folks, I want to make something very clear. I know with YouTube, people expect videos and right now it really is just an audio version of the podcast, but that will be changing this year. I can promise you that we are taking the steps to improve our YouTube presence. So you'll want to get it on the ground floor. Like hit that subscribe button, get ready. And again, someone is going to win a very sweet Alouette's retro jacket. Tim owns one. I own one. They're amazing. And you guys now have the potential to own one as well. So go ahead, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your family members, tell your coworkers, tell whoever. Let them know about the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast on YouTube. That's right. And all the other social 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 media locations where you can get podcasts and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you've been with us long enough, you know, but make sure you let everybody else know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a unique, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a different off-season. Um, I wanted to ask you, Cliff, in the time since our last show till now, uh, anything uniquely CFL or Alouettes that you'd happen to do? Just to get everybody caught up with uh, the old Cliffy D? To tell you the truth... Not really. I mean, it was like I said, after last season ended, it was kind of like, okay, it's over. We finally got football back after a year off. And that was great in and of itself. The Alouettes did okay, but not, there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot left to be desired, I found. And to me, it was a, when I was thinking about this offseason, it was like, okay, what can the Alouettes do to 
I don't want to say maintain because maintaining you can only go so far. We want better for this organization. We want better for this football team. And I want to know what this team is going to do to make itself better. What moves can this team make to improve themselves for the 2022 season? And let me tell you, folks, the moves that have been made so far have been pretty astounding, quite frankly. It's true. And nobody wants to stay stagnant at all. You don't want to, you don't want your team to stay stagnant. I mean, you want some always want to have some plus some additions to your team because with free agency, especially right now in the CFL, it's crazy. But um, I know that before we and before we talked to that, I mean, just you know, we did have hey, props to the to the team for bringing back the locker room sale, but it was held over at the warehouse. Um, I know you weren't able to make that. Uh, I wish he had, but I mean, you know, you were, there were some some great deals. So, and I know there could be some slight modifications to the guys over at the warehouse this year. So, stay tuned uh, to their socials and to the team website because there. And I think I've been told there are going to be some changes or at least some modifications. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've gone on a kick here, Cliff, where I seem to be wanting to pick up. These, what I would consider, you know, when it comes to collecting things, you always want to pick up something that you think is rare. It's not necessarily that somebody else would think is rare, but but what you think is rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone on a kick to picking up old Alouette's pocket schedules, and I and I bought a few over the over the, over the little while. I'm expecting a couple more to come in. So, well, you've never been shy about your love for the pocket schedules and Damn how straight, much you baby. miss them. <laughs> So th- this is this is hardly a surprise at all. So I mean, and they're cool. I mean, you showed me a couple of them, and I tell you, like, it is amazing the 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 artwork that yeah. they are. When you think of, when you really think about it, like a lot of people would just get these things, and you know, don't even give it a second thought. But I mean, like, if you actually sat down and looked at these things, especially over the years, the designs that went into them, the graphics, everything like that, and just that progression from mm-hmm. like the '60s, the '70s, the '80s, yeah. and yeah. The, all the way to the late 90s and into the 2000s like it's incredible just the detail and everything that's gone into it like yeah i, I can understand why tim that you are you know you you're constantly waxing nostalgic for these things and yeah i mean it's it, I, I do kind of think it's kind of gotten prehistoric now unfortunately with everything being digital but i know i know even with I, tickets now too man i mean it, it's it, you know I, i'm i'm not happy that the alouettes have decided to do you know go full digital again this year with tickets but you know but from what mario told us uh in the last episode if you haven't checked it out make sure you do so over at alouettesflightdeck.ca um and you know hopefully we'll 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 get something that will remind us of the season you know to then rather than just the season ticket card slash ticket that we would get but yeah, but to what we were talking before, I mean, I mean, some of the things are unique. I mean, I showed you the 1963 one. Mm-hmm. It's in the shape of the football where they actually gave them away when they had, you know, training camp over in Joliet. I mean, these things yeah. are cool, man. Oh, big time. Big time. No, so, it's, uh, I, I, like I say, like a, a non-fungible token wouldn't exactly have that same nostalgia. I don't, I don't see if I have that same nostalgia 20 years from now when uh, you talk about like collectors of today of what uh, oh, no was kidding. hot and what, what people are excited about. I, I don't think this will it'll be like that in 20 years, but these pocket schedules though, I mean, it is a snapshot of like a moment in time, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? You're talking about NFTs. It makes me wonder if the whole, this whole thing with the CFL and their new partners, if you know, they're going to bring NFTs where, didn't I think the NFL did one where it was their collectible? Uh, they did NFTs of Super Bowl tickets, if I remember correctly. Mm. Something to that effect. But, anyways, I, I digress. Um, and, you know, one of the things I did pick up or talk about the locker room sale, I got myself 
a Gina Lewis game-worn jersey from 2021. By the way, speaking of Gina Lewis, hey, Cliff, he's our guest this week. Oh, how, what, what a perfect segue. <laughs> Absolutely excellent. And we were so excited to talk to Gino. It's been a, a hot minute since we've had him here on the podcast. And he, he himself has been jonesing to get on. Like, we actually saw him uh, very briefly in Ottawa last year. And he's yeah. like, guys, I got to get back on the podcast. I'm like, okay, we'll make it happen. Took a little doing, but, uh, you know, the timing, the timing just wasn't right. But uh, finally, the stars aligned. And we have Gino on this evening to chat with us. And let me tell you, folks, it's always a pleasure to talk to Eugene Lewis. The yeah. guy is just so bright. He's so intelligent and just so much fun to chat with. So stay tuned for that because it is, it is a banger, as the kids say. Okay. <laughs> I'm not one of those kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, the You were talking about slight changes, you know, how we don't want to say stagnant. Uh, always want to be able to get you know, get better uh, going forward into the next season. The Alouettes did, you know, not only did that, I would say with, uh, with the players that they picked up in free agency, uh, but they also did that when it came to the coaches and returning vets and returning uh, names that came, that are coming back to the team for 2022. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I laughed like after the great cup was over and we all know what happened. I mean, the, Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats again for the second straight season to win the Grey Cup. And the one thing that was talked about the most was uh, the coaching staff for the Tiger Cats. There was a lot of speculation that perhaps Orlando Steinhunter was just going to blow the whole thing up and start anew. And I thought to myself, boy, if, the, if, if, if there's no spot for Jeff Reinbold with the Tiger Cats anymore, I would have him back with the Alouettes in a heartbeat. And it felt like at the time it was just like one of those pie in the sky kind of things because the dude is incredibly talented when it comes to special teams. Uh, he loves football at all levels. I mean, he could write his own ticket as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But wouldn't you know it, Jeff Reinbold is back with the Alouettes as special teams coordinator. Holy crap. Yeah. And we had Jeff on last season. Yep. While he was still a member of the Tiger Cats uh, coaching staff. And what a great chat that was. Uh, make sure you go into the archives and check it out, folks, Please if you do. haven't already, because it is sensational. And I am so excited at the prospect of being able to chat with Coach Reinbold again, knowing that he's going to come here, help out the special teams unit, which I'm sorry to say has been the Achilles heel for the Alouettes over the past, but for the better part of this past decade, special teams has been the Achilles heel for the Montreal Alouettes. It's been one thing or another, whether it's been the, the coaching or how well they were doing, or it's just having somebody and them getting hurt, which is really what the case was last year. Um, uh, wow. Who was, was it Itty Bitty who we would say the last time? I called him Itty Bitty. Um, which was our last real productive returner? Oh, it's it, it's been ages. <laughs> Let me tell you. I mean, like, no matter what, when it comes to the Alouette special teams, there's always been problems. So why wouldn't you want to bring in the best of the business? And it, tell you what, folks, say what you will about Jeff Reinbold. Say what you will about the the infamous decision that happened during the Grey Cup this year, which I believe he had nothing to do with when it was all said and done. The fact of the matter is, Jeff Reinbold will improve the special teams of the Alouettes by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, he went to the past two Grey Cups. He was a part of their coaching staff. Didn't win, but he was very much a part of it. They they got to the Grey Cup because their special team, amongst other things, their special teams was outstanding. And if he can do just half of that with Montreal, that'll be a major, major improvement from what we've seen over the past few years. 
I am beyond excited to see what Jeff Reinbold can do for the Montreal Alouettes as special teams coordinator. I know that uh, Danny Machocha, he's made some moves already, and I, I'm curious to see just who all is going to be a part of the special teams unit. One thing I know for sure, Coach is going to have these guys ready to go, and he's going to bring out the very best in guys like Mario Alford and yeah. Fabian Guerra and anyone else who's going to be potentially lining up at uh, the returner position because – you know you're going to want to you're going to want to run through a wall for coach Reinbold. These guys are going to be hyped playing for him and he's going to be hyped coaching these guys. So I am extremely extremely excited to see what's going to happen in 2022 with Jeff Reinbold back in Alouette's blue and red. And also we got we got a legend back. Uh he's come back home so to speak. Absolutely. And you, you talked about the quarterback position here in Montreal and having Vernon Adams here is a blessing as far as I'm concerned. It this is our quarterback, without question. As far as I'm concerned, there, there's it is undisputed that this is Vernon Adams' football team. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I've always been concerned about, though, is with Kahari Jones as the head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterbacks coach, I often wonder just how much coaching the quarterbacks here in Montreal actually truly got to the point where it's like, okay, maybe this is one of those things that Kahari, who was a great quarterback in his own right back in the day— Maybe he's just a little spread a little too thin with his with his current duties that maybe the quarterbacks just aren't getting the attention or the love that they need. Yeah. Well, you know what? Why not bring in someone who knows this team, knows this city, knows what it takes to be a successful quarterback in the Canadian Football League. And has and now has some coaching experience under his belt. Real honest to goodness coaching experience. This is not being thrown into the fire like he was in the, uh, you know, uh, was it five, six years ago? Yeah. Like he, he thrown into the fire and everybody expected him to be great because, hey, it's AC. Of course, he's going to be great. Like, no, it takes a good long time. You have to pay your dues when it comes to coaching. It it, it doesn't just happen overnight. No, no, it does not. And I think AC knew that. He understood that. And he had to step away from the organization. He had to go and, you know, pay his dues, learn, learn the trade, so to speak. And he did that. He did a great job with the Montreal Caribbean, uh, got them to within – one game of being in the Vanny Cup last season. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, as far as coaching goes, he has improved by leaps and bounds. And I'm beyond excited to see what he can do with a guy like Vernon Adams Jr. at the helm. So, and I think BA has got to be excited too to have a legend that knows this game, that understands what it takes to win in Montreal and the pressure that comes with being the quarterback here in Montreal. If anyone can relate to what Vernon Adams is going through, it is Anthony Calvillo. And I'm excited to see just what kind of wisdom he can impart on young VA, and what what he can do, what little things he can teach him to make him become like to help him become that next level quarterback that I know he can do. I think all he needs is just a little bit of uh, what do you call it? Uh, no, he, he some basically some some veteran mentoring. I think I, that's mentoring. really what it is. I, I think that's what it is. It's just someone that's like, hey, man, I got you. Let me show you the ropes, kind of thing. Like yeah. just to like the, just the mental aspect of football. I mean. We know what Vernon Adams can do on the field. As I said, it's undisputed what he's been able to do. You know, good or bad, this is the guy you want leading your team. But now I think with Anthony quarterback as his coach to help mold him and shape him into the quarterback that we know he can be. Yeah. I mean, you can't help but be excited about this. And I tell you, I am just as excited as I was for Jeff Bryanbold to come back and see what he can do with the special teams here. I'm really excited to see what AC can do with the quarterbacks here in Montreal. 
up to and including Vernon Adams Jr. Okay, the quarterback situation in Montreal is going to be different, anyways, because of because of free agency. You know, we uh, we lost Matthew Schultz to ha- uh, to Hamilton. Um, we lost Shea Patterson to the USFL. You know that mm-hmm. that that came out of nowhere, and him going number one overall in their draft um, that was unexpected. But now we yep. have you know Dominic Davis and a very surprising uh, Trevor Harris again. With with, <laughs> with the with the Alouettes, who um, we we have to say was released. Like he like yeah. during our last show, he was still technically a member of the Alouettes, and then was released in order to not have to pay him this three hundred thousand dollar bonus that was due on February first. So they they were upfront. I mean, they 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 told him what was up, and they said, "Listen, we're releasing you. You know, try your luck at free agency. We'll see what happens." And I had to laugh because all the prognosticators, all the talking heads, like they're all speculating as where could Trevor Harris go? Like he still has a lot of value. He still has the, like they were really pumping him up despite the fact that he went one and four as an Alouette. But again, there's still, I, I, I even went so far as to say, you know what? I think there is a value in Trevor Harris as a backup quarterback. It's just, where can he go and mentor someone where, if he's interested in that role, which I wasn't too sure if he was interested in that because as far as he was concerned, he was still QB one. Like he still felt like he could be a starting quarterback in this yeah. league, yeah. which is fine. And you know what? That's, that's the kind of confidence you have to have in yourself. Cause if you don't believe that, how do you expect anyone else to believe that? I get that. But imagine our surprise day one of free agency, you know, it, it comes and goes. And uh, I was part of the uh, Canadian football countdown uh, show, uh, which was a lot of fun to be a part of. And, you know, the Elvis had made a few moves here and there and, you know, sign off, think nothing of it, go relax. And I'm scrolling through Twitter and seeing what's doing all that. And then I see the news. Alouette's resign <laughs> Trevor Harris. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I think, I think all of us were. And again, as I said, uh, you know, yes, it is fair that he had a limited time to learn the playbook. Um, you know, but you know, again, it'll make camp interesting this year. And by the looks of things, with all things going at least the way that they currently are, uh, when it comes to health restrictions, yada yada, that we'll be able to see this. We'll be able to see how these three, at least these three names that we currently know that we think that will be, you know, vying for the number one spot or trying to dethrone VA. Let me put it that way, because that, that's really the way that it is. Mm-hmm. To see how well they play, and we'll get to see some preseason games too. So it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll yeah, be- I think we're. I, I hesitate to use the term "go back to normal," but it really does feel like, at least based on what the Alouettes are planning so far, and the rest of the Canadian Football League is, we're getting a lot closer back to quote unquote normal when yeah. it comes to that. As far and if we're able to attend training camp like we should be able to, we get preseason games again. If and we're going to be back to a full eighteen game schedule. I mean that's that's exciting right there. I mean that's that's what we, that's what we've been wanting for the longest time. And if we're able to get all of that again, as we should, I mean, how, how do you not get excited? How do you not get you know just fired up at the prospect of another CFL season? Exactly. And, and obviously, before we get to the interview with Gino, um, you know, this being the the season premiere of the show and whatnot. Um, cause we will be talking about it more in the next couple of shows. Cause you know, cause during the off season, we do, do them once every two weeks, do the shows once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, or, or if major news breaks, or major news break. yeah, exactly. Uh, any other names that stood out to you that the Alouettes may have picked up or have lost in free agency? 
Uh, the one theme that lo- really came about as leading up to the actual day of free agency is I really got the impression that Danny Machosa you know, really wanted to get the band back together or at least keep the, the nucleus together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, he extended Gino, he extended VA, he extended uh, guys like uh, Nick Usher. Uh, I mean, like a lot of the core guys, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Uh, adding on Dominique Davis, I thought was kind of interesting because. You know, I think we were really hoping that Matthew Schultz would would stay in Montreal, and I think there's a little part of him that wanted him to stay in Montreal too. But obviously, you got to take care of yourself. You got to get the numbers right, and if the numbers aren't right here, then you go where the, the you go where someone's going to appreciate you and treat you right. And yeah, yeah. I think that's really what what it was with with Schultzy. And of course, we definitely wish him all the best, except when the the Tiger Cats play the Alouettes. Of course, of course. <laughs> But when it came to Dominique Davis, uh, that was one of those uh, kind of under the radar, like during that legal tamper period, if you will. Yeah. Uh, it was discussed that uh, Dominique Davis was going to sign with the Alouettes. I'm like, okay. Uh, I mean, I remember the Dominique Davis that was, I think, a third stringer in Winnipeg. And he actually was a decent quarterback, like not outstanding, not flashy, but I think, you know, one of those quarterbacks that, given the right environment, could turn into something. He ended up going to Ottawa for the past couple of years and, didn't do a whole heck of a lot, to tell you the truth. And I just don't know if that's a matter of the system just not working for him or the offense just wasn't quite what he is suited for. I don't know, but... Or, maybe the, or the O-line was just horrible. That's possible, too. I mean, <laughs> let's tell you, to succeed in the Canadian Football League, you need a great quarterback and a top-notch O-line. If you yeah. don't have any of those, you're in big trouble. Yeah. And I think it could very well be that's what it was in Ottawa, too, because... I mean, look look at the overall haul they had to do this offseason. Like, holy cow. Like, This is a completely different team. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of a completely different team, when we look at the defense, Al did lose quite a few uh, defensive guys, uh, enough so that, you know, uh, uh, defensive veteran Greg Reed really said his piece on, on social media, was not happy. Um, for those who happen to miss who the Alouettes lost and who we may have gained to replace them, but... Uh, Gave us a, a quick synopsis on, on defense and free agency. Uh, yeah, we definitely lost a, a lot of solid guys. Uh, Ty Cranston, Tyquan Glass, Money Hunter, Patrick Levels, they've all flown the coop, so to speak. Uh, Woody Barron, who was a mainstay on the defensive line, he's also hit the road. I mean, it, this is definitely going to be a, a completely new-look defense in a lot of ways. I, I think really what it comes down to is the... Galloway will have faith in the people that are here and the ones that they've added. Because there's a lot of young guys, too, that are just kind of waiting in the wings. Yeah. And I think it's this is kind of, this is their opportunity now to shine. Like, now you don't have to worry about the competition of having these veterans here. Like, okay, this is your opportunity. This is your stage to prove that you belong here. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Uh, I mean, the, the Alouettes did add a couple of uh, – Defensive stars uh, like uh, Avery Ellis, uh, Mike Jones from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who yeah. did help win, help them win a great cup. So, I mean, that's that's not a bad thing. No, I mean, that's, no. That's, uh, Darius Williams, who is, I think, one of those uh, sneaky good signings. I, I think he's uh, someone who's going to make a lot of noise uh, if given the right opportunity. Um, and realistically, I mean, there's still lots of possibility. I mean, believe it or not, free agency is still kind of ongoing. It and, is. And I think the Alouettes we'll probably add and subtract as, as needed. And of course, don't, let's not forget the draft is coming up and there's some pretty good defensive studs that are there as well that, you know, you just kind of add on, you know, add on to it if, if you will. So, I mean, yeah. 
I am concerned a little bit about the secondary. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you've got Greg Reed. You've got Najee Murray. Uh, these are your, your stay-at-home guys that are going to be outstanding no matter what. Uh, Mark Antoine Decoy, if, if he can stay healthy, can definitely be a difference maker. Uh, honestly, I, I'm concerned uh, with the secondary, but at the same time, with those guys at the helm, and you get those like diamond in the roughs that will come in and make a lot of noise. Uh, Rodney Randall, don't forget, mm-hmm. he was one of those guys that had been sort of biding his time on the practice roster, and then towards the end of the season, he came on and he he really showed out as well. So I'm expecting a lot out of him as well. I think uh, you know I can understand the concern, like you don't, like especially like a money hunter or Patrick Levels, they're not so easy to replace those guys. But I think with the young talent that's here in Montreal so far. I think if given the chance, given the right schemes, and listen, you got Baron Miles still as your your defensive backs coach slash defensive coordinator, so you're going to be coached properly, if nothing else. I think it's just a matter of give these guys a chance to shine. Let's see what happens. And the nice thing is you still have that flexibility to make moves, whether it's through the draft or adding people as training camp goes on, because a lot of guys are going to get cut as well. Let's not That's forget. That's true. That's true. And also, so, too, it kind of stinks to us losing our, our defensive MOP. Uh, a nominee in David Menard. Big time. Uh, actually, it was uh, Most Outstanding Canadian. Sorry, sorry, Most Outstanding Canadian. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, again, one of those guys that difficult to replace, despite the fact he wasn't a starter. <laughs> this is going to blow my mind for a, the longest time. And I, I'm I'm curious what it was uh, about why he decided to go back to the BC Lions. I, I thought he would have been very happy here in Montreal. But, you know, sometimes it just, you know, sometimes you can't go home again. So, it is what it is. Definitely wish him all the best because he was definitely one of the good ones. He was definitely so much fun to watch. And mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind he's going to go out to BC and he'll ball out like he does. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, more power to him. But now this is just going to be a chance for others to step up and and make their presence felt. Um, one name in particular that's kind of interesting to me for that defensive line is uh, Vincent Deschardins, who was drafted by the Calgary Stampeders and is now going to come here and help shore things up. Uh it's one of those guys also, too, that's just you don't hear a lot of, but he's one of those like, you know, blue collar kind of guys, work lunch pail types. You know, he comes in, he does his work, works hard, and he's going to make he can make stuff happen. So I'm I'm curious to see how he's going to gel with the, the likes of a uh, Michael Wakefield, uh, Nick Usher and so on. It's going to be I think it's going to be interesting. Oh, I know it's all said and done. Yeah. And now, as promised at the beginning of the podcast, here is our interview with Alouette's wide receiver, Gina Lewis. And back with us again on, on the podcast, a, a gentleman who has made a hell of a name for himself in the CFL and is slowly becoming one of the fan favorites, if not already a fan favorite for the Montreal Alouettes. Number 87, wide receiver Gina Lewis. Hey, Gino, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, man. Thank you guys for having me on again. I appreciate it. Um, it's been a while. I know, uh, have eh? you, <laughs> you know, yeah. last time we had you on was back in 2019, and uh, a lot has happened since then. So I, I think we're overdue to get caught up with you, Gino. So uh, let's let's do this. Let's 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 find out what's going on with Eugene Lewis right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man. After you know, after the 2019 season, uh, had a great year. Was really excited going into 2020, and then you know everything hit with COVID. And it just slowed things down a little bit. Um, actually, not a little bit, a lot. It slowed things down the, uh, the whole world, um, which was a big adjustment. Um, just not playing for a whole year and, you know, just kind of like people not really sure what kind of quality of the game that we were going to bring, you know, after we found out we were going to play again in 2021. So, um, you know, I, me personally, through that, throughout the whole, you know, 2020 season, 
that we didn't have, I was training, you know, just training the whole time uh, uh, and things like that. And then, you know, when we found out we actually got to go ahead for the 2021 season, um, and I was just excited. I was so excited just to get back on the field, uh, get back with my brothers, um, get back in the locker room. Like it's, you don't really realize how much you miss something until until it's, get, it's taken away from you. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it was the game was taken away from us for a whole year, and um, you know, just just coming back and adjusting to you know all the COVID rules and 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 things and things like that. You know, it was just something that we had to do as a team and as a person. Um, if you wanted to keep playing and keep your dream alive. Um, and then, you know, had this season that we just passed in 2021, um, another another great season. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to where we wanted to get to, the Great Cup, and fell short. Uh, and, you know, now, you know, after the season this year, I stayed in Montreal, and I've just been kind of embracing, you know, the Quebec lifestyle a little bit, just trying to figure out and, and, and understand, you know, how it works a little bit and, and just seeing how everybody enjoys this cold, man, this in this in the snow. I was trying, <laughs> I'm a palm trees and sun. So I had I had, I was you know I just say you know what let me try to make an adjustment to it and just and try to feel what they feel up here. <laughs> yeah, I know we're going to talk about that because I know the team has put out some stuff, and I think you you're about to add some extra titles to uh you know after Geno Lewis wide receiver. It's going to be something else. You, you know, maybe a future Bob's letter, maybe. But we'll yeah. we'll, 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 we'll get to that. Um, Geno, when it came to the to the whole 2021 season and you know what we're you know with you guys living in a bubble and then stuff like that and not being able to, to interact with fans and are there any uh misconceptions or things that fans may not know about what you as a you and your teammates had to go through during the 2021 season yeah man it was it was <laughs> yeah it was different because first off every time we had to take um pcr tests every week two times a week um you know we would have to come in here Sometimes the lines were super long, you know, just depending on the timing that we had. And we had to sit in here and, and it, it would only be like, you know, two, two uh, like doctors working. So like, you know, it was kind of, it took some time and, you know, we'd get frustrated sometimes that we would have to come in on our day off sometimes, you know what I mean? Because that was just how it worked. And then on top of that, even on game days, like game days, sometimes you would get guys who, you know, are waiting on their, their test results to get back. You know what I mean? And I, and there was a couple of times where we had guys that had, you know, false positives and they would have to take another one and take two more to make sure and things like that. Um, also, I think a big, big, big uh, uh, um, thing that impacted was the guys not being able to see, the, see their families um, for the first couple of months, man, which was, which, which I could imagine just tough. Uh, you know, some guys are married, some guys got kids and they weren't able to have their, their family up here with them. And um, I think that's hard. That's, that's very hard for some guys because, you know, some people are very family orientated and, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the big motivation. Um, so I think that definitely was a big, big thing uh, into it. And just, you know, the fans, like even with the fans that we had, it was, it was awesome. Like sometimes you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think that it was half uh, a capacity. You would think that the whole thing is for up. but I just feel like with the whole stadium being filled up and, and, you know, things kind of being back to normal and us interacting with the fans, you know, after the game and stuff like that. I think that that's a big part of the game. Um, and, and it's, and it's also a big part of how, you know, fans and people get to know who we are and get to tell what type of person that we are. You know what I mean? So I just think it kind of, it kind of just altered people getting to know, you know, the players, um, you know, been from in the past. What about shortened season? Is it, is it different for you when you go in for a, uh, you know, for a, you know, not knowing it's an 18 game season or, or, or well, 20 games, I guess we could say, cause no preseason this past year was, was yeah. how much did not having a preseason hurt the team do you think or are any players who played in the cfl in 2021 
I definitely think um, it played a big part. It definitely played a big part. Um, I don't know. I think for me personally, um, the way I kind of, the way I kind of like adjusted to it and, and set my mind to it was I'm, I try to make it like a college season. So, you know, in college, we don't have preseason either, yeah. but we play 11, 12 games, you know what I mean? And um, that's, that's what you, that's what you got to play with. So for me, that's kind of how I switched my mind back. So I kind of switched my mind to, you know, think of college and, you know, there's no preseason. You got a couple of scrimmages with each other and then, you, you know, you're right to it. Yeah. Um, but the thing about it is, it's, it's just kind of like, I think, I think the mindset, just the mindset going into it, because, you know, as a receiver, you're thinking, you know, 13 games, you know how you 13 games, you know, you're going to have to really go get that thousand yards receiving. You have to, you're going to have to really make sure that you take advantage of all your opportunities. And, you know, with 18 games, um, it's a different mindset, you know what I mean? Just because of that's a that's a that's another five games, you yeah. know what I mean? So it, it plays a plays a big difference in you know just stats. It plays a difference in momentum. It plays a difference in you know uh, uh, people's health and things like that. You know what I mean? So um, you kind of gotta you kind of gotta you kind of gotta give and take um, with it. Um, but yeah, I think I think for some guys, especially like you know other veterans and stuff like that, it definitely played a part in just seeing all like the Achilles tendons that 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 you know, popped last year before the season even started. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could just kind of see, like, and it was happening in the NFL a little bit, too, just guys getting hurt a lot faster. And it just kind of goes to show either there's not enough time in between or, or you know, some guys are, are just aren't taking care of their bodies the right way. So, it's, it's again, it's just kind of about being able to adjust and, and, and figure out, you know, yourself and your body and, um, and, and also your organization and your team you know, putting you guys in the best best position. You know, uh, making you guys stretching stretching enough. Uh, you know, doing certain workouts. You know, and and things like that. That stuff plays a good part in it. So, um, I do think it, it definitely impacted the game a little bit, um, for sure. But uh, I think it's going to be good that we can get back to you know a regular uh, four eighteen. Yeah, for sure, Cliff. All right, now let's talk about twenty twenty one. You and Jake Winecki are basically lighting up the league with. Touchdown, ca- touchdown pa- catches. Yeah. Talk to us about the chemistry that you have, the both of you have with whomever the quarterback is, because you started out with Vernon Adams, you finished the yeah. year with Trevor Harris. Regardless of who you played with, you guys just seem to catch touchdowns. What's the secret for any young wide receivers that are listening right now? What's the secret to catching great touchdowns? <laughs> the secret to get, catching great touchdowns is it doesn't matter, make it happen. That's the key. The key is no excuses. You know, um, I think this is the thing too with me and Jake. I love, I love playing with Jake so much because we have such a great, um, we got such a great competitive uh, uh, friendship. Like we, we love it. Like Jake is one of the the most like genuine people I probably ever met in my life. So like, I wish you guys. It's crazy because I really wish you guys. Like you guys see the game, mm-hmm. all the catches that we have in the games. If y'all came to a practice, like our, some of our practices, and actually seen some of the other catches that we have, you would be you 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 your mind would would, would, would go out of your out of your head, man. Like, <laughs> because it's 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 actually so the catches that we do in the game. Don't get me wrong, like unbelievable. And 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 mind you, the pressure of it and just making those type of plays, you know, and translating from practice to the game. It's very hard. A lot of people, that's one thing it's kind of hard for some people to do. You know, I've, I've been in situations where I've seen some guys, you know, they're really good practice players. You know what I'm saying? They're going up during practice and they're make, doing all these spectacular things. And then, you know, kind of in the game, you get some guys, they get in the game then, and then they kind of, it's not, it's not the same players that you see in practice because, you know, the pressure's not on. It's, 
now everything really, really, really counts. You know what I mean? Like you can't drop it and then be like, oh, my bad. I'm going to come right back because it's third down now. So we're playing. You know what I mean? So um, uh, me and Jake, like we just we, – we, we compete with each other every day to get each other better like every single day. And that's all the receivers. Like we do it for all of us. Like me and him go at it just so we can get the other guys to, you know, see what we're doing. And then when they get on the field, they're going to do the same thing. It's, it's just, you know, make it a domino effect. And um, it's never – there's never any like – there's never any bad blood. Like we just want to keep scoring touchdowns and keep making plays and keep giving the fans something exciting to see. And, and, and uh, you know, just, just, uh, you know, be, be crowd pleasers, man. That's what, that's what the fans came. That's what they paid for. That's what they came to see. So uh, just catching the rock, man. I always took, I've always taken um, pride in my hands. Uh, I always tell people, you know, you can say that I ran a four or five or, and, but my hands are a four two. And everybody knows that my hands are a four two. <laughs> they had to go on a forty, so <laughs> that's how, that's how I look at it. That's good, and 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 I think if not mistaken, both you and Jake had uh, top five plays in the for the year for the twenty twenty one in the CFL. Uh, uh, you you two were down to the best catch uh, by the Alouettes. You guys went head to head in the final. Yeah. Um, you know, I I swear, I think Cliff will probably agree with me on this one. That catch you had in Hamilton, where you not only, I think it was double or triple coverage, but you lost your helmet? How, as a player, are you able to concentrate like that? Because obviously the helmet is a huge, is an integral part of your of your uniform and while you're playing. How are you yeah, able to hold, so, hold on to something like that? It was crazy. Yeah, so the crazy thing about that is that was, I, my helmet had popped off a couple times, a, a couple times before that game and a couple other games. Um which it was just like it was just happening and for, for me personally i just like it because you get to show my face a little bit you know that's your money maker yeah that's the money maker man so uh uh basically listen man in that during that play and during that situation um i already had in my mind made up that like and this is this is something i don't think a lot of people outside of football really look at or think about like in that situation, knowing knowing what, what was going on and knowing the time, like I already had told myself, like, listen, Gene, you got to get to the end zone. And when you get to the end zone, if that ball is anywhere, you know what I'm saying, in the radius of me, you got to go get it. Now, with that being said, in my mind, I'm also telling myself, like, look, it's a chance that you might go up here and you might catch this and you're going to get flipped three times in the air. You might, you might, you might get hit so hard, you might break something, you you might hit the ground so hard, you might break, like, it could go bad. Like, you have to prepare in your mind that, listen, you could, this could go bad. But at the at, at that moment and where we were at in the season, we really needed that. Like, we really needed that win. Like, yeah. we needed that to, to flip our season to where we were at. So, I just knew, like, man, listen, I have no fear. I've never had no – my dad always told me, he said, the reason why I love when you play receiver because you never have fear going over the middle. Like, no matter where the ball is at, like, all you see is the ball. You don't see defenders, even if they come and they hit you. And – that was it. Like when I was running and I ran the route, I seen that there was a hole. Like, and I knew the play. I I knew the play. If if there was any type of little hole and VA got it out at, at, in in the right time, it was going to be a touchdown. And ultimately, you know, I jumped because I wasn't going to give anybody a chance to bat it down. Or any, and I know that nobody's out jumping me. You know what I mean in the league. So oh yeah, I agree. At that at that yeah at that point in time, like listen, as long as I jump to my highest my highest, you know point is 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 no is no way that this this isn't gonna work. So um yeah man coming down the helmet coming off a lot of people thought my helmet was the football at first. That's what everybody was all <laughs> the football's out and then they realized no he still has the ball in his hand and and hey man that's I would 
my thing is, man, to, to break hearts in times like that. And that's what I did. Yeah. Now, on the, I, I'm not asking you what, what the play was because I'm sure that's still, it's, you know, secret to the team because I'm sure they want to yeah. continue to reuse it. <laughs> Were you the primary read on that, on that play? Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like I'm a primary read. <laughs> but but you know what I mean, Gino. You know what I mean. I mean, initially. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that's crazy because uh, the play the play that we did run, it was a play that we ran, but it was also a play that Coach Kahari kind of mixed up a little bit. Like the route that Jake was running, he never usually runs there. So it ended up putting us up in, the, in like the same place. Yeah. So like it's kind of like you don't really know where the ball was going is just, it's right there. Is it Jake? Is it me? But while I was going up in the air, I need Jake, like me, Jake, like hit my knee, like, and he failed and hit my shoulder. So I, like I said, I'm a ball hog, I'm a ball hog man. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go and make the play as much as I can. But like, I think that's the question you're going to have to ask uh, Brandon Adams, you know, who the ball <laughs> and where it was really going to. So <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and write that down. And I'm sure, I'm sure he'll give you a good answer. Cause he'll give you a good answer. So, <laughs> um yeah that that like I said man I was I'm bad ball good ball I'm here to make the play that's that's what I do you know what I'm saying so See, that, that, no, what, that, that I think that's one thing we would like to see you know we know the league doesn't have an all-star game and stuff like that but you know what Gino I think if the league were to put forward something like you know like the skills competition right before Grey Cup yep. or, or or whatever I can only imagine where cuz cuz Cliff and I when Cliff and I watch you on TV and I'm sure as Alouette's fans do too we know we said Get Gino the that get Gino the ball at his at his top height, and we know Gino will come mm-hmm. down with it. So I mean, it's so yeah, exactly. And that's another reason why I tell people a lot of a lot of people always say like, oh, you mean you're the best fifty fifty ball guy? And I don't I don't know what a fifty fifty ball is. I know what a ninety ten ball is. I, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't I don't like fifty fifty ball is giving a DB for, to me too much credit. I can't give you fifty percent of you're gonna knock the ball down. It's ninety ten with me. You know what I mean? So then that's how I've oh that's how I've always looked at it. When the ball's in the air it's mine. Hey, you know what, Gino? Let let him assume. Ah, it's a fifty fifty ball. As long as you remember it's a ninety ten, that's all we gotta remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, 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 last time I checked there, there ain't no six foot three cornerbacks in the CFL. Well at least until Deron Carter makes his debut for the Elks. <laughs> yeah Deron Yeah Deron Nick 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 Marshall is a he's pretty tall man. He's he always been a pretty tall a uh, 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 cornerback, and the other cornerback I probably went up against that was always really tall was um, Tommy Campbell when he was in the league too. Uh, Tommy Tommy was a was a, was a also tall dude. So, but I like that though, man. I like I like I like going against big guys because I like getting physical. I like going against smaller dudes because I'm too physical. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's just you just gotta you gotta adjust to whoever's in front of you, man. That's it. Yeah. Cliff. No. No. Obviously, after that play, you're you're hyped. Everybody is hyped. I mean, just the, I the, was. The, you, <laughs> I, I was yeah. turning over chairs in my living room for crying out loud. I was excited, man. But the day after, on a scale of one to ten, how sore are you after getting trucked like that and still hanging on to the ball, mind you? But you you you, t- you took a good lick. So, how, on a scale of one to ten, how sore were you the next day? I did take a good lick, and I'll probably listen, man. Because we won the game and everything went in our favor, it probably was at like a five or six but if we would have lost i would have been at a team <laughs> i would have definitely been at a super team but i was probably like five or six sore um you know what i mean uh like i said i kind of try to take care of my body too during the whole season you know what i mean and um uh but one thing i do know after that game i did know that i put, i gave it my all because like right after the game yeah i was super sore i was super sore right after the game for sure 
Uh, I'm, I'm definitely thinking maybe a few extra minutes in the ice bath. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Now, that was, I, I would have to say, I mean, there were so many highlights of the season for you last year, but I would have to say that would be the highlight. But uh, on the other side, what would you say is the one moment that you would have loved to have had back that you was like, oh, that just didn't work the way I wanted it to? Uh, I can tell you, I already know, I already know exactly what, what we're playing with game. Um, uh, the one one that I wish that I could really get back is when we played Calgary at Calgary. Yes. And I caught the catch on the one-yard line yep. right next to the, uh, the pylon, man. Um, and it's so crazy, too, because in that play, me and Vernon literally told each other before the play what we were going to do, exactly what route to run, and exactly how to do it. And, and really, I'm talking like milliseconds is the reason why that happened. Like, it's, it's, I should have, I should have tried. I the thing is, when I was running the route, I didn't know how how bad I had beat the corner, and he really thought I was running the go route. So when I came back on the comeback, I should have just stopped my body right in front of the pylon and fell out of bounds in the end zone. And I kind of, I didn't know how close he was to me. I thought he was really close on my back, so I just kind of, you know, as a receiver, you're always told to keep coming back, keep coming back mm-hmm. to the ball. So he can't get it, and ultimately, I did that. I tried to slow myself down. I tried to, you know. Uh, put the toes in there and I got the toes and it just and it just unfortunately man we lost him on the one yard line man so that was probably one that eats at me because I know because the, the in 2019 I was we, we beat Calgary at Calgary after you know getting the onside kick after scoring a touchdown we down we were down like 11 points with 40 seconds left came back and won and, and you know just it's just those type of moments is the ones that you know that you got to as a big time player, you got to make, and um, that's probably the one that I probably would w- w- bring back. Yeah, that's pretty much what I had. Th- that's what I was thinking too. Is just like, like you said, it was just millimeters more than anything else. It was just so, so mm-hmm. close, and the way you guys fought back, just like you did back yeah. in 2019, you you yep. fought back, you you willed yourselves, and you damn near did the thing, but just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. Exactly. Hey, Gina, exactly. for for fans. How yep. how tough is that? Because I'm sure you you'll have your every Monday morning Monday corning back quarterback going. Uh, you know he could have just extended his arm and gotten over the pylon, or or, or he could have stopped as a receiver. And you, how tough is it to make a play like that? Um, yeah, like I said, man, it's, everybody can't make plays like that. It's, it's it's very difficult. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of you know discipline. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of dog as a player. Just just wanting it more than the other the other guy, you know what I mean? And um uh you know, dealing that's some of the things that, you know, we deal with as athletes. Like a lot of people don't understand like, you know, like that next day it's eating at me just because of this is in my mind I'm saying if I would have just did this or if I would have just did that, yeah. you know what I mean? It would have changed it would have changed the game or just changed the perspective. And yeah. um those are the ones that you you gotta really, really learn from because you gotta understand that it's probably another uh, it's probably another situation where you're gonna be put in that situation again. And, you know, the next time, you know, you're hoping that you learn from the last time and, and you figure out how to not make that same mistake again and, and you go from there. But, you know, my court, the quarterback, especially, you know, VA, he always has been supportive of me. Like sometimes VA is the guy where, you know, in, in, on, on that play specifically, uh, we talked about it the next day. We literally watched it, you know, for hours. And he was basically telling me, you know, the reason why it probably was a second like that is because during his his drop step, as he as he's dropping in his, in his back pedal, he slips he slips like a a little bit, like a little barely bit that you if you see it you see it, and he's like, bro, I think that's that's really the reason why. Like I think it was just I was that little bit of second off, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's that 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 right there it just goes to show like. 
first of all, I would tell VA, like, listen, I know you could have did that VA, but I could have, I could have just extended my arms and just sat there. So we're both, you know, kind of trying to comfort each other, knowing that we both could have did different things for it to happen. But that's the best part about it is because now that we're talking about it, now we know how to fix it for the next time, you know? Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, in, in regards to VA, I mean, we, we know what he brings to the table week in and week out. Uh, how have you seen his progression grow? Like, I mean, after the the amazing 2019 season that you guys had together, and even though his season got cut short in 2021, do you think that you guys were on the same path? Like, you Did you feel like it was a continuation of the 2019 season and it was just a couple of bumps in the road, or was it just an evolution of the kind of relationship that you guys have in order to become better football players? Um, I think it was a mix of both because if you look at it, when Vernon was in there, we were in first place basically in everything offensively uh, when, when he was playing with us. Um, I mean, before he was hurt, you know, we were, we were going crazy on touchdowns already. We were going crazy on the yards. Um, so offensively, like, we really we really were doing really well. And honestly, if, you, if you're looking at – if you're looking – like, if you go from, um, you know, at the certain point that we were at, in 2021 to 2019, we were probably ahead of schedule on on certain things, you know. So, um, I just feel like you know, Vernon is Vernon is. I say this all the time because I just I always have to you know give my appreciation and and, and uh, pay homage to the people that you know really helped me in my career and get to where I'm at today. Like if it if it wasn't for Vernon, um, you guys probably wouldn't know who I am right now. You guys probably wouldn't have heard of me. You know what I mean? Because when I got here in 2017 and um, I played in that one preseason game and I got and I got to Montreal with three days left for training camp. And I had that one catch from Vernon Adams with one hand that was on TSN uh, uh, top top the top play for like a week or two. That's really what saved me. You know what I mean? That really saved my career. That saved my dream. That saved that saved, you know, me from, you know, having to do other things in life that, you know, I probably I might not enjoy as much as I do playing football. So um and then on top of that, just to see where we progress to now, like you know, and Vernon, mind you, he has been a he's while I've been in Montreal, he's been other stops. I mean, you know, he went to Saskatchewan and went to Hamilton and, and things like that that made his way back here. And it's just I'm just glad that, you know, we were able to had an opportunity to keep, you know, progressing on, you know, the relationship that we have and, and you know, just off of, just out of football, man, just away from football, like that's really one of my really good friends, man. Like I talk to him every day. Uh, you know, we, we, we got so much in common that we can just talk about, you know, about his life, about family growing up. Um and, you know, things that we go through, things that we struggle with and uh, things that we can help each other with. You know what I mean? So, um, like I said before, just as much as I'm trying to make VA look good, <coughs> he's trying to make me look good, too. And we're trying to make this team look good. So um, we really got it out the mud, man. Like We started this from the mud, man. Like, And I remember being in Montreal when we were going three and 18 and, 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 and what winning four, three, four games a year. And, you know, we still have fans and everything like that. But I just know, like, we we had we were we are we're a big part of you know switching this organization around back to where it used to be and, and where we're trying to get it to and you know being a winning organization and making making shots at the Great Cup every year and, and you know uh, uh, playing teams and they know that like they're gonna have to come and really beat us you know what I mean competing every every day and every week and you know I feel like that's the culture that you know definitely me and VA uh, and, and stand back too we we that's something that we really brought when we got here and and uh and that we want to keep continuing and things like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why I'm just appreciative of being around these guys that kind of got the same mindset that I have of, you know, like no matter what, man, we got to make this happen. And, 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 and when, it, when it's time to make those plays, we're going to make those plays, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
was that one of the, the the deciding factors when it came to free agency? Because again, considering the numbers that you would put up in 2021, I mean, you really could have wrote your own ticket, and maybe in a sense you did. But uh, was that one of the key factors in coming back to Montreal for 2022? Um, yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, I mean, like I said before, the other thing is too, like I, Montreal is all I've known since I've been up here. You know what I mean? And um, you know, I'm just I'm. I just want to play football, man, at this point in time. Like, I'm just, I'm grateful to play football. But you are right. You're de- absolutely right, though. I definitely could have, I could have set my, 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 my ticket after this year. And, um, you know, unfortunately, too, not being able to, um, you know, project market as perfectly as you want to and things like that and, 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 and those type of things that's out of my control, uh, you know, it's just, you kind of got to, sometimes you got to grow with the punches and, but you also got to know, I man, you got to know what you're worth. You know what I mean? You have to know the type of, I know what type of player I am. I feel like I'm a premier receiver in this league. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm top two in this league. And I feel like I'm, uh, my film and my stats, you know, uh, they definitely show that. And, uh, yeah, man, like I said, I'm just going, just being consistent is the best thing that you can possibly do as a player. And I feel like I've been doing that, you know, the last couple of years and I'm going to continue to keep doing that. And uh, I just feel like it's so much more in the tank that I have, man, that I, I'm just excited to, you know, go out there and, and just keep showing showing everybody and showing people what I do and, and, you know, just getting the respect that, you know, I feel like I deserve. Overall, as a as you were a free agent this year, and obviously as as fans seem to be noticing for the past couple of years, you know, we had the slight modification because of the COVID protocols and the, the, uh, the amended collective bargaining agreement, you know, fans hate really renegotiations but we understand they are really necessary for you guys to get what you're worth how how tough is it going into a a a, a 2022 season but also knowing that the collective bargaining uh, agreement still has to be finalized i mean fans may not like one-year uh contracts i i will admit i don't like one-year contracts but as a player going into a, a a potential new CBA for the following season, how how easy is it for you to decide what you where, where you want to be and what you want to do with that next season? Um, I think it's a couple of things. Uh, I think for one is for one it's definitely comfort, man. You want to be in a place where you know you feel you feel appreciated. You feel like you know um, uh, uh, the things that you're bringing to the table to the team is is is, is helping the team. It's going to keep helping them lead in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, the CBA, yeah, like you said, the CBA, it's a big thing. And um, the last time we had the CBA, I want to say it was 2019 because we actually, uh, I remember it was during training camp and we didn't go to training camp the first couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. And hearing the veterans at that time, like, you know, they're basically telling us, like, listen, I know you young guys, like, you guys don't really know not too much about the CBA. You not, don't really care because you just want to play. But ultimately, we're trying to help y'all for the future, like, help y'all you know, get better things than we got because that's what we're fighting for. Yeah. And um, that's kind of that, – that year is kind of when I realized that, like, and I under, I started understanding it. I just remember John Bowman was one of the main guys that was, you know, trying to break it down to us. And, I, you know, I've had conversations with him about it before. And um, it was kind of like, okay, now I see what's going on. Now, now where I'm at now, a couple of years later, now I really see and I really understand the CBA and how it's working now and, and what it does do for players and how it does, you know, keep players safe and, you know, try, try to protect us in, in the best that they possibly can. Um, you know, and with that said though, with that, the CBA, a lot of things can change, you know, just like, you know, the salary caps can mm-hmm. change and, you know, just, just, just the outlook on, on, you know, certain, 
organizations on how they see players. And then, you know, money changes, the market changes for each position and, uh, and things like that. So it's kind of like sometimes, sometimes you might get guys, you know, that sign too early. You might get guys that sign too late. You might get guys that, you know, they might've just signed at the wrong time, but it's kind of, some of it is a guessing game, but some of it, you can kind of see how it's coming and, and you know where it's going. But, you know, I just think, you know, the CBA just needs to, it just needs to, we need to protect the players as much as we possibly can because I just tell people all the time, like in football, man, like none of this stuff is guaranteed. And and we go out there and risk our bodies each and every day, you know, you know, practice and everything and, you know, trying to take care of our bodies. And I just feel like, you know, as players, we just got to make sure that we are protected, man, and, mm-hmm. and, and make sure that we're all getting treated right and make sure that if something does happen to, to a player that, um, you know, you just don't send them off and, you know, good luck to them. You know what I mean? You don't want to do that because I've seen a lot of guys, you know, that happen to and it doesn't go well for them, you know, mentally and, and physically and emotionally. It can it can really destroy a person, that transition, you know, of, of you know, just all that stress and things like that. So um, it's kind of just like uh, you got to know how to have patience, man. You got to know how to have patience with it. And, you know, as a player, I've, I've learned this. I've seen this now. And it's something that, you know, you just want to kind of, make sure that you're making the right decisions for yourself and for your family and, you know, for the organization that you're playing with. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how, 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 how I look at it. Yeah, And obviously I wish, you know, whenever fans see, as I said before, whenever fans know that a, a new CBA is coming up, we're all expecting to have, you know, it's frustrating for fans to see one year contracts only signed. Cliff and I yeah. obviously were hoping that you would have been signed for more, but I, whatever the situation was, we, we fully understand, but we're hoping once the new CBA comes about, 2023 comes about, we got Gina Lewis on an extension for two, three years. Hey, we'd be happy with that. We have no problem having you here. Hey, if you were to be, uh, if you could choose, say, for instance, if you said, you know what, I want to get into, I'm not saying you do, but say, for instance, if you, if you became part of, you know, the team's representative for the, for the union, as an example, if you could suggest mm-hmm. one thing that you think that players need within the CBA that may not be there now, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a great, great, great question. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine. I think guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think players need to have some guaranteed money thrown in. I think absolutely. Yeah, I think I, think, I think. I mean, ultimately, I thought that was you know I was <laughs> I just thought that was just like a uh, you guys were gonna be like yeah that's what everybody said but I honestly feel like that's that's the main thing like I just I just I always sit back and I just look at it like you know like me personally like my career. I've been blessed to where, you know, um, I haven't had too many, I haven't had really significant injuries, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and, and I thank God for, you know, putting me in those situations, but I also know how fast and how quick you can get hurt out here. Like, you know what I mean? So, and I just think like some guys, especially young guys, man, like you're not guaranteed that money. And, and, and when things go wrong and sometimes it's out of your control, it's, it's not even your talent. Like sometimes it's not even guys talent no more. It's just, you know, politics play a big part in things sometimes. And, you know, this guy wants to see this decision and that guy wants to see this decision. You know what I mean? It can get, it can get out of your control. And I just feel like if that's the case, then you should be able to, as a player, if I know that, you know, the situation is different and somebody's moving in a different direction, you know what I mean? There should be some guaranteed money because that's going to make the guys up top think twice about cutting somebody. It's just like when, 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 when um, teams fire coaches and they, yeah. they're getting paid for the next two years, they're mm-hmm. getting paid for the next two years. Guaranteed. So, you know what I'm saying? If you want to do that to the coaches, why you can't do that with the players? You know what I mean? Because they're playing in the game. So, yep. um, yeah, man, I, I really feel I really feel like that's that's 
that's that's the biggest one, and it's, it, I think it's always going to be the biggest one until until they do something about it. Because you got all these other sports, you know, baseball, basketball, that's not as taxing as football, but they're all getting guaranteed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, I know, and yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I agree with you. I mean, and hey, with with revenue sharing coming up, and and it's it's going to be interesting, Gino. It's going to be really interesting yeah. for for fans who really aren't into the. You know, to the the CBA stuff be, to this year, I think will be a very interesting year for, for for the CFL. And obviously, you know, being a guy who isn't in union, Gino, I hope you guys get everything yeah. that you that you're you're due. So, yeah, I man, I really do. Another thing, I, the last thing I would just say about that too is, um, I think I think the other thing that we good for the players is them get, getting uh, recognition and, and pay for their likeness. Um, yes, I think that's huge. Take yeah. a lot of a lot of teams make a lot of money off of guys' jerseys and you know that little things that they do in the community and stuff like that. Like the likeness, man, it, first off, it would help the league so much more because people would know people more. They would know this guy and that guy, you know what I mean? And Less free agency too. You won't have, eight, you know, 75% of the players on free agency. Exactly. 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 So I feel like, you know, and, and obviously you can see in, down in the States, the NCAA, they're changing that. Now you got kids are getting able yep. to get money for their likeness and stuff now. It's, and, and again, that was, that was what we started kept fighting for. We had to fight for them kids to get that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we want to keep fighting for. And hopefully, you know, we can bring that. We can bring that up here too. Cliff, I know you, we saw Gino this this past uh, winter. So far, take on a few new challenges, and I, I know you wanted to bring it up because it seems that Gino kind of likes the snow. Uh, it doesn't he, Cliff? <laughs> yeah, actually, let's be, before we get into that though, uh, what made you decide you wanted to stay in Montreal? Because I, I know a lot of guys. The minute the season's over, they don't want to deal with the cold. They don't want to deal with the snow. They want to go down to where the sun is and all that. But no, you you decided you wanted to stay in Quebec uh, during the off season. What what led to that decision? Yeah, so definitely the first the first reason why is because um I actually had my apartment uh, at least for a year. Um, uh-huh. uh, so that was one that was one of the big things. But so I also. Uh, I just wanted to stay up here because I want I want to do more in the community. Um, I've been telling I've been telling everybody up in the office and you know just just the people that I've been talking to around Montreal that I just want to do more in the community. I want to just you know just do more events that you that 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 people do up here and just embrace the culture a little bit. Um, you know, uh, kind of just just um, you know get out of my comfort zone, man. Open up my horizon and go out outside of the city and and go see what's what's an hour away from Montreal, north and south and you know, all over because that's the other thing too, is like at the end of the day, I also look at it like, you know, I feel like the Alouettes, you know, I know we're, we're in Montreal, but you know, we kind of represent the whole Quebec. You know I mean? We're the only, we're the only team in Quebec. And, uh, you know, just going out to see some of the people on the outskirts, sometimes I feel like they appreciate that. And I feel like that's, that's another part of, 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 of you know, the fans that we need to go and, and talk to and, and, and reach out to and talk to, because there's a lot of organizations and a lot of companies that, you know, actually love the Alouettes, they just, we haven't been able to communicate or, you know, get in touch with them. And, uh, you know, for, for, for us to, you know, finally kind of, you know, put our hand out and, uh, you know, go talk to these uh, companies and, and, and um, you know, collab with them. It's awesome. And it's, it's so fun uh, just, just going out and meeting new people. And, and it's also crazy because some of these people actually know me. So it's like, <laughs> okay, you guys are out here. You guys know me a little bit too. Like, you know, and they get excited and I get excited. So it's just really good to see smile on people's faces, man. And, and also just help people's um, companies grow and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And what led to dog sledding? What made you, what <laughs> decide, made you decide to try out dog sledding? 
Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I honestly, uh, they, the Alouette, they had a couple of, uh, opportunities for me to go do a couple of things and dog sudden was the first one that popped up. Um, I've never been dog sledding before. I've seen a couple of movies with dog sledding. Um, not really, wasn't really sure like how it worked, but I knew that like I was going to be able to, you know, adjust to it at somehow. So, but I was excited. I really, I really wanted to go see the dogs. I Man, I, I love Hussies. Um, I think they're one of the most beautiful dogs in the world. Uh, and, um, you know, it was just, it was just a situation where they, they, uh, they were excited for me to come. They gave me a whole thing of snow gear to put on before I got out there. Took some pictures, man, and um, you know went and seen all the dogs. They, uh, it, it was, it was, it was, it was really, really fun, man. My only thing was what made me nervous was just um, <laughs> being on the dog sled and knowing that like I'm on a I'm on a lake that's just frozen, like a big <laughs> lake that's just frozen. And if and if this thing cracks, like I'm going down, you know what I mean. So <laughs> that's probably the main thing that probably concerned me going through that whole situation. This is probably something you never had to worry about, even just a little bit, when you were in Norman, right? Never, I never, I never had to worry about that in Norman. I never had to worry about that in Pennsylvania. I never, <laughs> and it snows in Pennsylvania, so that's the day. That was nothing I ever. The only thing I was, I did was was I went. I used to go to the Paluga, Paluga, um, which is the. Penn State hockey ring that they made when, when I was there. And uh, that was my first time actually ice skating when I was like 20, 21. Man, I was like 21, first time ice skating. And I, I never knew, like, how how can you skate on that little metal blade? Like, how, how does that work? And I, I wear a size 15, so I'm just thinking in my head, like, I don't even know if they make my, my shoe size in, 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 in ice skate. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I ended up doing it at that time with my best friend Malik Golden and uh, – I realized it wasn't as hard as you as you think it, you would think it is if you just go out there and try it. So you know, same with the dog sledding, man. Just went out there, tried it, and uh, had a great time. I, I That's think the, awesome. the, the more winters you 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 stay here, Gino, you know, you'll you'll see that when it comes to walking, dog sledding, or even driving on the ice, as long as it's within a certain thickness, you, you're good to go, man. Because yeah, I I, I will admit it's. I've driven on ice many a time, and it is still the freakiest oh. feeling today. And you still take perca- you still take precautions, man. Your windows down, doors partially open. You got your seatbelt off, and you're like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. <laughs> if, if not, <laughs> this, this car is about to become a boat." So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Just, just, just in case. Just yeah. in case. Now, what about ice fishing? Because I know you're a big fishing guy. And you've been wanting yeah. you the last time we were on the show, you were talking to us about going fishing in that. What about ice fishing? Has that uh, been broached yet? Yes. Um, so I did go ice fishing. Um, uh, mind you, fishing in general, you have to have a lot of patience. Um, mm. Just just in general, you never some some days you won't catch none. Some days you do. Some days is better than the others. Ice. This, so this was ice fishing. Was this was really new to me? Um, I, I I know how to do regular fishing. I, deep sea fishing before, fish on lakes and rivers and all that stuff before, but the process for ice fishing is different. Um, and it was good. Just, I finally got to learn. I, I seen the guys literally dig out the, the, uh, the holes for them. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just sitting there watching it, like watching the whole situation go on about it. And then, you know, I see them with a the little stick and then they get the line and, you know, there's no, there's no reel or nothing like that. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> when it's on there, you got to find a way to, to get it up. It's, it's a little like technique and things like that. But um, unfortunately, I didn't end up catching any fish. I got a couple of bites where I did feel the fish and I, and I tried to, you know, yank it to get it caught in the lip of the fish. But it, you know, ended up getting away. And um, I also just 
kind of just felt like, you know, I could just imagine how cold the ice is. So I don't think these fish are just swimming around all over the place like it's <laughs> like it's beautiful outside. So, you know, they probably nibbled and even the, the bait, like the bait is probably freezing once they get under there. So, you know, they're probably trying to nibble and uh, it's too hard and they just keep it moving. But <laughs> um, I really did. I had a really, really good time doing that. And they actually let me uh, drive this. Um, it was like a uh, kind of like a four wheeler atv car type of thing like go-kart type of thing it was it was it was it was top-notch it was, it was heavy duty and uh i got to drive that all over the lake like as fast as i wanted to and you know doing donuts and everything in, in the <laughs> snow and that was that was that was amazing they, they actually surprised me with that so um i was i was happy to do that i was happy that they did that man that was that was they didn't have to do that and that was awesome that's cool that's that, that's very cool <laughs> yeah now one of the one of the videos that i saw of you and I think you were doing some tubing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. That, I saw that video, and I, I will admit, I think Cliff and I both saw it, and it scared the crap out of us because we saw you, <laughs> we, we saw you um, get bounced off your tube and very close to hitting an inanimate object. And we were like, oh, crap, Gino's not wearing a helmet like he normally does. <laughs> tell and us about no seatbelts. Yeah, yeah, no seatbelts either. You're right. Tell tell us about your experience with tubing. Oh, listen, the tubing, the tubing was was awesome. Uh, so I've been tubing since I was a kid. Um, I've been I've been to I've been to a couple of places tubing uh, in Pennsylvania. I've been to like Blue Mountain and Hawk Mountain, things like that. A couple of places like that. And uh, tubing has always been like really fun to me. It's never really like never really been scary because I can jump off whenever I want to on the yeah. tube. You know what I mean? So I kind of, I feel kind of safe. So that tree that you are talking about that was sitting right there. Yes, we did. We did come to, to a place where we knew that, that there was a situation with that tree. So we ended up putting like a, um, it was a, another, it was another sled that we had, but it was kind of like a boogie board. Okay. And we put that right where the tree was. So just in case we did hit the tree, we would hit the boogie board and then, you know, kind of fall off but uh you know i the thing i the thing i, I I'm, I'm i'm grateful for is that i have great body control so i see the tree and i see what you see what you guys see i've seen it because i've <laughs> coming down i've seen other people coming down but you know first off just walking up that hill that they had was it was crazy they ended up giving me some snowshoes too just to go make sure i could get up the hill and stuff that was my first time wearing show snowshoes and um yeah man it was such an a, a adrenaline rush uh I, went, I probably went down the the, uh, the hill probably like ten times because there was nobody else there. They just said, "Here, take the tools. You just you can just go as many times as you want." So like it was like being a little kid and not having to wait in no lines. You know, you just keep going. That's amazing. So um, yeah, man, it was fun though, man. But you know, I'm always taking precaution, man. I I'll never <laughs> do something that I really feel like I'm going <laughs> I'm going to hurt myself. You know what I mean? So, but I appreciate the concern that y'all you did have for me, man. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's I, I I know what you've seen. What you're saying to me, I know exactly what you're feeling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, you're you're dealing with all these defenders, and you you got no problems against them. Like you said, the the ninety ten ball. That's that's all you. But I mean, <laughs> when you're going up against a tree or a boogie board or whatnot, like all bets are off. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Listen, I got a lot of I got a lot of you know my my encouragement and 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 uh, to do that because I actually when I was at Penn State, I had a um, teammate. His name was Anthony Vettel. Uh, he played with the Detroit Lions uh, for a little while and I think another team, but he actually had a video um, 
some some years back, uh, probably like a year after he had left college or something like that, or a year before. He he's from Michigan, and I remember he was back home and he was uh, training, and he made a video of he, it was a tree in front of him, and he basically he tackled the tree and broke the tree, like tackled it, broke the tree, it went down. And I'm like, all right, that's crazy. Now, wow. did, did, the, did, the, yeah. did the team get you to do anything else? Did you cross-country ski? Did you downhill ski? Did you? Did they suggest anything else to you that, that you had a chance to do, but you said, uh, nah? <laughs> uh, nah, not yet, actually. So, no, I'm not really. So, I'll tell you this, too. I'm not a big ski dude. I'm not a big ski guy. I'm more of a, uh, I'm a snowboarder. Okay. Um, I'm not the best snowboarder, uh, but I, I, I've, I've done it. You know, a couple of times I actually went to Aspen, Colorado oh, nice. in twenty in twenty in twenty twenty or twenty twenty yeah twenty twenty, um and I actually went and snowboard on on those Black Hawk Mountains up there, which was crazy. I actually would would recommend people to do another do other <laughs> if you're not a if you're not like a pro a top notch guy you do another do it go to somewhere else where they're not as big. It's, that's a different level. Even for for me it was it was a whole different level. But um it's crazy actually. I even a couple of weeks, couple of weeks or probably like a month ago, um, Terrell Sutton, uh, he he, you know, he's out here. His family's out here, mm-hmm. and I went sledding. With, I went sledding with him, and his family um, at a park because uh, I didn't realize that the parks are out here. They they let you rent tubes for free, mm-hmm. and they literally already have uh, like this the um, the lanes for each each uh, place you can go down. Like it's it's beautiful to see because I'm not gonna lie to you, like back home where I'm from, you no, you don't see that a lot, especially them letting you uh, you know, rent just take the tools for free and then, you know, just bring them back and stuff like that. Like I just think that's beautiful, you know, for the opportunity for these kids to go out there and do that. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. There's a I'll I'll make a suggestion for the future to do tubing because they have tubing not only for single pe- for just one person, but they also have this giant two people. Yeah. Oh no, they have one for like four or five Gino. It's like a boat. Yeah. Is, it the, is, it the, is it the big circle? Yes. Yeah. 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 And if you yeah. go with, if you head over to, it's like a St. Sever, which is like 45 minutes, uh, Northwest of Montreal. Okay. There's a, okay. they, they have a, a place that I've been to and it's just, it's just so much fun. Hey, come on, come on Alouettes. You know what to do. It's time to have a, a season ticket day with the players. Let's all go tubing. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> That's not, hey, that, that's not, that's not like that's not like a, a good plan right there. Yeah, we'll get you. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll get Gino on the ice. Since we know you can skate, we'll, we'll just get you know get you into a like a Montreal Canadiens practice. You can give them a hand because Lord knows they can use the help. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, um, man. Listen, I'll go help them out. I want to help out the uh, the new Masha Alliance basketball team that's yeah. that's, that's coming. To yeah. Real. Um. It's crazy. I'm actually really excited for that. For that, um, I, I'm a I'm a big I, I'm a big basketball guy, man. So, uh, uh, and actually, the president I think of of that is a- Annie, who used to be with the Montreal Alouettes. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and she was actually my uh, when I was on my internship with uh, the Alouettes at the um, Shriners Hospital and stuff like that. She was actually like my manager. She was the one that set everything up for me um, and everything like that too. So. I'm actually really happy for her, man. I'm happy that they're bringing the team to Montreal for basketball. I feel like that's well overdue. Um, I feel like they that's something that uh, is going to help the city. And, uh, you know, I think that's dope that 
they're able to do that, man. I, w- I would love, I would love to, you know, just get in connection with them too, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I don't know if you've been to the arena over at uh, Verdun Auditorium, Gino. It's, it's a quaint little place. The last time I was there for basketball, for non-NBA basketball, was when we had a team mm-hmm. in a Canadian league back in like, it's like 2002 or something like that. But it's a quaint little place to watch basketball. Should be fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, I definitely, definitely got to get over there to check, check some games out, man, for sure. Um, I, I just want to. I just kind of want to see how 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 the process in that, like, and how they how they do the whole basketball thing up here. I mean, I, I was oh, I've always been like interested in that too, like very very much, just because I I'm a, I was a great ba- basketball player too, and, it's, and my whole family plays basketball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and like I said before, I just feel like collabing. I uh, hopefully the Alouettes and and and, and the Montreal Alliance, they, Alliance, they can come and collab and and do something together. Maybe have a charity game. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that would be like cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of guys. When it's like in 2019, me, uh, Devere Posey, um, Enoch, um, we all we we actually played in a celebrity game. Uh, we played in a in a charity game uh, at the end of the season. Um, I forget it was at a uh, it was at a C-Jap, and I forget which one it was, but it was a, and it was actually the day that Kobe died. That was the, it was the, the same day that Kobe died, um, which was which was crazy, but. If we had a good time and they, they they raised a good amount of money for that for the um the situation that they had going on. So yeah, man, it's stuff like that that I feel like it just be really good, you know. That's cool. Um, but before- all right, well there you go. Like, that's that's something the team. Like, if, I know they're listening, so like, I mean, there you go. Hey, you exactly. got Gino's. Uh, yeah. Gino's. Let's speak into existence. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. What's the uh, what's the one winter uh, sport that you have not done yet that you would like to try? The one winter sport yeah, that like I have not done. Bob's, yet. Bob's, bobsledding, hockey, uh, delusion, uh, skeleton. Honestly, listen, I'll tell you like this. I've, I've, I've always, I've always, I never really watched hockey too much, but I've always appreciated because I always, I got, I had pads on. So I know what it's like to have pads on, but I don't know what it's like to have pads on with ice skates and guys flying past you like that. I know what it's like to be running, but I always just love, and it's just me. I just I used to love fights in hockey, man. Like I felt like that's that was such the, the the funnest part of hockey because you don't see people score too much. But I used to love the fights. I used to love seeing dudes get smashed up against the the window. And I'm a type of guy where I love I love contact. So like I would I would love that type of stuff. Like if you come to hit me like that, I, that's fine. Like you can you can <laughs> come try to hit me as hard as you can. And um, uh, I would definitely try hockey. I think like I said, I think it's it's definitely a difficult sport because you're you got pads on a helmet. You got a stick, and you're trying to hit this little black puck. And <laughs> you got guys trying to hit you over. You got guys, you know, and then you got your team are still making plays and stuff like that. Like there's there's a there's there's a system to it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, I, I would definitely love. I would love to just probably just go out and I see people at like they get like a little skate rink and they you know they just they just go have fun and stuff like that. I would love to just do that. You know what I mean? And and and, and see how that is. Sure. But I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want to be goaltender, though. I think like like kickers, they're they're a rare breed. They're very special. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't really want to be a goaltender, but it's crazy because when I was in high school, um, I remember my sock my sock the soccer coach at my high school. They kept begging me like they're like, please just come play goalie. You don't really have to come to all the practices. We know you're in football. Like, listen, just come play goalie. You're long, athletic, and you you got great instincts. So a lot of people won't be able to get the ball. And I was just always like, eh, yeah, I hear you, but I also know how fast them soccer balls are coming. And I see how thick them, glo- them gloves are that you guys 
have to put on. So I love my hands too much, so I think I'm going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the goalies are allowed to touch the ball in uh, in soccer, whereas yeah. – uh, as soon as you stop the puck in uh, in hockey, that that stops the game. So that's a yeah, right, right. There, there's exactly. a learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> All right, you know we we've taken up mo- enough more than enough of your time, but I just want to kind of just to kind of tie this all together. 2022 season's coming up. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some changes, but I, I get the feeling with the Alouettes, like there's a sense of getting the band back together and keeping keeping the, the nucleus together with the moves that have been made so far. Obviously, Grey Cup is the goal. Personally, for you though, Gino, what are you looking forward to most in 2022? Um, what I'm looking for most in 2022, um, I'm really just looking for us to take the next step. Um, take that next step, man. Uh, you know, getting into the playoffs and not not getting knocked out on the first round. Um, you know what I mean? I feel like uh, we've been we've been together enough now to where you know it's time for us to really make that next jump as players. You know, especially like the veteran guys that have been around here. Um, and it's also just time for us to just, um, you know, just be disciplined, man, and do the right things and just, just going out there competing, man. I love, I love going out there competing, you know, during camp, you know, with, with new DBs and, and teaching new receivers and stuff like that. And just, and just seeing the new guys who so you can tell is like, okay, man, they're going to be a problem. Like, because I, I remember it was guys that looked at me like that at one point in time. So, um, just going out there, man, uh, 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 you know, trying to trying to, to just play hard uh and definitely just you know just putting putting everybody in the right position to be successful you know what i mean i want to see coach kahari be very successful this year man um i know i know uh, all, all the work that he's put in and you know the things that he's done you know for this organization too so uh you know just going out there man and him leading us and, and uh you know just just getting the getting getting the uh the whole fans excited and and just not having to hopefully god willing not having to deal with all the the COVID restrictions, man. So, so you know, hopefully when those go away, we can really, you know, open this thing up. There you go. I couldn't ask for anything more than that myself. So that's that's perfect. That's I, I think that's a very attainable goal, and I think that one that I think we can all reach together. Yep, absolutely. Yep, I agree. We're we're looking forward to seeing you, Gino. I mean, it's you and all the other players on the field for the first time. Uh, we know training camp is slightly earlier this season, but you know what? Hey. Uh, I think the Owls just put out we're two months away from training camp. Hey, hey, hey yeah. get those rookies, you know, in, get the vets in. Let, let's see you guys on the field because uh, the 2022 season will be upon us a lot quicker than we actually expect. But, uh, Gina, we appreciate everything, man. Uh, you're always a great interview. We love chatting with you. Uh, one of the, you know, you are one of the stars of the Montreal Wets, and we're, and we're really proud to have you on the podcast as, uh, as always. And, uh, hey, nothing but the best for you, man. Hey, thank you guys so much, man. I appreciate it. And, and like I said, man, I I appreciate talking to you guys all the time, man. You guys always been good to me, man. And and uh, like I said, man, I, I wish nothing but the best and blessings for you guys and the podcast. And, uh, you know, hey, man, we'll, go, we'll do it again again at some point, you know? For sure, man. For sure. As usual. I mean, it may be only the second time in for Gino, but it's, it's great talking to him. And, um, you know, as, as much as we talked um, online, that you guys heard about actually, you know, during the interview, it was a lot of stuff that we were able to talk about offline that really just, it just makes me more impressed with Gino every day and just hearing the type of, of guy that he is and how he, how serious he is about football and his team and, and just, you know, he just wants to win a championship, man. That's, that's really what it is. He just wants to win a championship. 
not just win a championship, but win a championship here in Montreal. Yeah. He he is focused, laser focused on bringing a title back to Montreal, and he's going to do it or die trying. That's that's pretty much the, the mindset you, he he's got, and that's what everybody's got to have. That's going to be a part of the Alouettes team this year. Is you you got to be in the mindset of I want to bring a championship back to Montreal. Yeah, because if you can do that, my goodness, like <laughs> you are going to be loved beyond belief, not just by us but by so many people here in Montreal and even league wide, I, I think there's a, a groundswell, you know, like people talk about the Alouettes and how much fun they are to watch, like how watching an Alouettes game has become must see TV. It started again, in 2019. Again. Yeah. It started in 2019. For the most part, it carried on into 2021. And if M- Montreal can get that momentum, get that, that, that spark back, that, that buzz that they had where people are like, holy crap, the Alouettes are playing. Did you see what they're doing? They're coming back from a crazy, you know, they're down by a lot and they're coming mm-hmm. back from this or making these exciting plays happen or just doing something that like just has everybody up and out of their seats. If they can maintain that, if they can re-energize people with that energy, get them excited, get them talking about Alouettes football here in Montreal again and talking about it league-wide, reminding everybody that, hey, the Montreal Alouettes are a pretty fun team to watch. You should be paying attention to them. To me, that's what's going to count and that's what's going to make things even better. That's what's going to make the experience here in Montreal so much better. I mean, that, that's the key is you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep evolving. And I think that's what this team has to do. I think that's just got to be their focus. And I'm pretty sure as the weeks and months go by, as we get into training camp and as we get into finding out who is actually going to be a member of this 2022 football team, who is it that's going to step up and become a star or who is a current, who is currently a star and who is going to take it themselves to become a superstar. Mm-hmm. That's the th- that's what I'm looking forward to more than anything else as the springtime starts is who on this team is ready to go to the next level, whether it's someone in their first year, second year, or a seasoned veteran. What are they doing to make this football team the most exciting team in the league? That's yeah. what I want to know. That's what I want to see out of everybody. And I, I'm hoping that from this moment here, right now that you and I are talking, all the way to training camp, that's what my focus is. I, I want to see who's going to step up and take things to the next level here in Montreal. Oh, exactly, exactly, and that you know even more so. You know, no, we you know we know the days of everything. We know rookie camps open May 11th. We know uh, training camp is slated to open. You know, May 15th. You know, we we still have to remind everybody this is this is a ACBA year. We still have, everybody has to be reminded of that. Um, you know, when, once they ever get talking, it's hopefully the street continues where. There's never been a strike slash lockout in CFL history, and I, we both, you and I, I'm sure every CFL fan hopes that stays the you know stays the course. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready, man. You know, we we may not have our usual Victoria Day Monday to go and sit and watch the uh, uh, watch the guys, but I can tell you, May 11th with rookie camp opening up, boy oh boy, what day? What, what day is that? <laughs> I want to put in my calendar. What day is that? Well, and also let's not forget too, like oh, the week before, it's May Wednesday, 3rd. Wednesday, Wednesday, oh. Wednesday, Wednesday, May 11th. Wonderful Wednesday. <laughs> uh, let's not forget May 3rd. The CFL is going to be having two, not one, but two drafts. Yeah, no, They're going to have the, the global the draft. I know. And the CFL national draft. I mean, that's going to be very interesting to see. Like, like, how, how they're going to be able to swing both drafts in one day and you know what they're going to do to try and get people excited about it if anything because let's face it i mean the draft is kind of you know kind of take or leave for a lot of fans which i understand i know, you know. i know and, and and you know i've said it many a time i'll probably say it again you're you're more the the draft guy than i am but that that's just how we are in football 
you know, so. No, but I mean, again, it's still yet another avenue for people to get excited about their football team. And that's how I've always looked at it. And that's how I'll always look at it is what are they doing, especially too with this global draft, like because it's not just, you know, it's players from all over the world, essentially, that are going to be eligible. And we we managed to nab a couple of pretty good players uh, in last year's draft. So, uh, you know, can can yellow it strike gold again? I guess you'll have to tune in on May 3rd and find out, folks. <gasps> yeah. And the Alouettes, just for those who, who don't know, the Alouettes have the fourth pick in round one. They got the fourth pick in round two, so they're pick number 13, and uh, the 24th pick in uh, round number three. So it, It's crazy to think, Tim, that the Alouettes have a first-round draft pick. Oh, I, I, they see that in itself. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a long, long, long time yeah. since the Alouettes have been able to say that they can draft in the first round. Yeah. I mean, and... Again, it, it it's great. I, I'm I'm curious because there's you know there's got there's going to be some really good talent out there. We'll find it. We'll talk about it eventually. Yes, in, we the, will. in the weeks to come, you know, as I said, you know, I'll I'll start mentioning who I think the Alouettes should be taking a look at as far as the future goes. I, I I'm I'm curious. Like now, the Alouettes are in a, a great position. Uh, I mean, they they're going to be drafting in the first round. They can start, you know, really truly looking at some of the top tier talent that's out there and say, hey. I think he'd look good in Alouette's blue and red. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make that happen. So, folks, I mean, even if you're not really up on the draft and all that stuff, we'll get you up to speed as best we can, and we'll get you excited for these guys as well. Exactly. And you're talking about the com. Also, yeah, current we we've already had the uh, the Ontario Regional Combine, the Eastern Regional Combine that was held over in Bay Durfay. Um We have the uh, Western one coming up, and then we had the main Combine, uh, which is going to be March 25th, 27th, and. Uh, uh, most likely watch those guys because uh, those, I'm sure a lot of those guys will be will, will be eligible for the and will be the the names that you're going to be looking for in the CFL draft. So absolutely, like this is their chance to show up and show out. Like you're going to have scouts from all nine teams paying attention to what you're doing. So this is your, this is your job interview, folks. This is your audition, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, you know, like to me, I've always found it interesting and fascinating, and uh, I'm I'm curious to see what great Canadian talent is going to be made available for the combine. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple of names that you you maybe not have considered or even heard of, but all of a sudden they're going to go, they're going to have an amazing combine, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, yeah, I could I could see him playing for this team. <laughs> and then you just got to hope that Danny Mac feels the same way, like yeah, he he belongs here too. So exactly, exactly. That, this is part of the fun. It's it's all speculation at this point, folks. But man, it is so much fun to do. Oh, I agree, and and we have many more shows to. Many, many, many more shows to, to, to do this this season. So, and I, I'm just glad we're back, Cliff. Um, I'm glad to have you again as my co-host for the seventh straight year. And obviously, we're glad to have you, the listeners, listen to us. So, um, you know, the only thing that we ask you for 2022 is to make sure, you know, if you if you know somebody who might be interested in listening and talking, talk, hear people talking about the Alouettes, please let them know about us. You know, we're on social media. Point them out, to, point it out to, out to them and, uh, you know, send them our direction because, uh, uh, you know, we just love growing the uh, uh, the Alouette flight deck uh, crew. So, absolutely. As I, as I've always said, if there's something on the show you don't like, tell us. If there's something on the show you do like, tell a friend. As I said, tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a family member, tell anybody. Let people know about the show. If they if they don't know about it, if they're not subscribed, they're not checking us out. Please help us spread the word. Help us make this podcast into what we want it to be, and we want it to be one of, if not the best opportunity for you to get to know learn and appreciate your montreal alouettes 
Like this is the opportunity to do it. We want to be able to there, be there to help you to make this team your team. We're here for you. We're here to entertain. We're here to inform. We are here for you, the listeners. Exactly. And lastly, lastly, do not forget. I mean, if you want to rep uh, rep our merch, please do so. Um, you know, one of the hottest things currently on our website is the uh, the minimalist Big O uh, shirt. Uh, it is a, a conversation starter. That's all. That's all I can tell you. I mean, it, it's currently available at our store. That's over at teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck, and there are many other uh, many other different pieces of merchandise there. You know, including the uh, rewind tee, which I got my hand on. By the way, Cliffy, so nice, so nice, and that minimalist tee. Oh, the, the questions and I've gotten from people asking about that. Uh, it so many, so many people. You can get your hands on it too. Absolutely, like and folks. I mean, like it, the customer service is fantastic. the The products are great. Uh, I mean, we we rock them every chance we get. Uh, we've got uh, people all worldwide. It is. believe it or not, worldwide that are wearing Alouette's Flight Deck merchandise. It is so cool. We appreciate each and every one of you that has bought in with us. It is so awesome to see. It's so, so awesome to know that other people are repping the podcast near and far. It is so cool. So. Folks, definitely check it out. I mean, you got to show the Alouettes some love. Show the show the you know the boutique the love as well. But show us a little love too, and we definitely appreciate each and every one of you that does. Exactly. So uh, unless something breaks over the over the next uh, thirteen days, we will see you back here in two weeks again. We're glad you're back for the for the seventh season of the Alouettes Flight Deck. So for everybody here at the Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Kepper. We're on final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.